Good afternoon. Do you guys feel good today? How many people feel tired? Okay, we're in the middle of the week. We just got a few days left of this restoration series, but is God good? Amen. Why don't we start with the word of prayer? Let's ask God to bless us with uh, the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, we just thank you again for this time. Thank you, Lord, for this gulp of heavenly air in the midst of this day. We just pray and ask you to bless us, you'd refresh us. Lord, we want to come to you in the attitude of a learner and pray and ask that you would bless us with wisdom. Father, you said there is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is the way of death. We are praying, God, for the ways of God that lead to life everlasting. Something we can do that would honor you and honor the people around us. Thank you so much for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we've been learning about relationships. Relationships apply to everybody. As I said to you earlier, my job is not merely to tell you what to do. My job is to present principles, and it's up to you how you adapt those principles to your life. It needs to be done through prayer. Amen? We don't want to just be parrots, right? Simply repeating information, but that's all there is to it. There's no in-depth uh, understanding or experiential uh, knowledge that is happening. You know, one of my friends actually has, a, one of my church members actually has a parrot that she has owned for several years. She told me about this parrot and she says, this parrot she has is notorious. And I said, why is it notorious? She says, because every time someone knocks out the door, I always say to them, come on in. And she says, the parrot has learned to mimic my voice and say the exact same things. And she says, this is what she told me. She says, actually, sometimes that I have come home, there's been strangers in my living room because of the parrot. <laughs> she said, I had to get a screen door to actually lock it because people were actually coming inside the house because the parrot was welcoming them in. <laughs> in fact, me and my, uh, one of my interns went to go visit her, and he didn't know about this. So we knocked on the door, and all of a sudden we heard this voice, hello, come on in. And my friend grabbed for the doorknob, and I grabbed his hands like, that's the bird. And sure enough, it was the bird. The bird was welcoming me in. And then uh, she said, wait a second. She's like, I am still getting dressed. She says, that's the bird. Don't listen to him. Wait till I get there. And so she got us in. And it was so funny because when we were having this conversation in the living room, the bird was mimicking things that she had said throughout the years. She also told us another story about this bird. She said that she actually taught this bird the song, Jesus loves me, this I know. She actually let somebody take care of the bird when she went on vacation. And the person she let take care of the bird had a young girl. And the young girl would sit by the parrot cage, listen to the parrot. The parrot actually taught the young girl, Jesus loves me, this I know. The young girl is actually a Sabbath school teacher now. And this is how she learned the song. So there's good, uh, there's pros and cons to having a parrot, right? All right, but we want, don't want to be parrots when it comes to relationship knowledge. We want to be people that have inculcated this, that have tested out this experience, that are following the authority of the Word of God, inspired counsels to help us. Can you say amen to that? I mean, that's why we're here. We're not here just to hear some Joe Schmo talk about something. You know, it's so funny. Um, talking about relationship is like things on Facebook. Everyone thinks they know what they're talking about, right? They go on Wikipedia and they think they know what they're talking about. But here's the thing. 
ultimately we need to understand this principle and this principle is this we need to do everything we can to follow what God is calling us to do it may be slightly different in everyone's experience but God wants us to understand that relationships are supposed to be special individual and unique in our lives can you say amen to that Romance is like conversion. Everyone is different. But there are certain guidelines which with God operates, right? So here we are. We're learning about relationships. And we're going to be learning something very interesting today. I want to share with you a very special story found in Numbers 30, 13, verse 30. The Bible here talks about Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, along with other spies, were sent out to go check out a land, a land that Israel was about to go into. These spies all came back and several of them were really worried and concerned and they said, we cannot take this city. These people are going to destroy us. And Joshua and Caleb said, no, 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 we can take this city. Look what Caleb says. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at what? Once and take possession. For we are well able to what? Overcome it. He even says, these people shall be bred before us. If he was Adventist, he would say, these people shall be tofu before us, right? I mean, that's what he was trying to say. Look, these people, we will defeat them. And the reason why is because he believed God was with him. And sure enough, the rest of Israel rejected this message. And because of it, they had to wander in the desert for 40 years till that unbelief was actually destroyed. Caleb was an old man who survived this as well as Joshua. The time came for them to go into the Holy Land 40 years later. And as the, uh, this began to take place, the land began to be sectioned out to this tribe and to that tribe. And so Joshua, 80 years old, and Caleb, 80 years old, begin to have a conversation one day. Take a good look at this conversation that takes place. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgah. And Caleb said to him, that's Joshua, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive as he has said these 45 years. Now watch what he says next. And now here I am this day, 85 years old, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. This 85-year-old buff man right here with a sword. And you know what he's telling Joshua? He's like, look, I'm just as strong as I was when I was about 40 years old. Take a good look at the spirit that's in this man right here. You know, oftentimes we'll see these evangelists, they'll say, or these preachers, they'll say, hey, God is waiting for an army of youth. You know what I tell my church? I'm saying God is also waiting for an army of old people to do the work too. Amen? Amen. Look what he says next. Just as my strength was then, so now my strength for war, both for going out and for what? Coming in. In fact, what is so interesting, Caleb then tells Joshua something unique in uh, the rest of the passage. He says to him, I want you to give me a certain kind of land. The land he was specifically asking for was a land that was inhabited by giants. It was the most fierce of all the land that they were conquering. But Caleb wanted to be a role model for the future generation, says, give me this land, the most difficult land, and I will conquer it. Can you imagine that? This 85-year-old man. The Spirit of God was in this individual. 
The word Caleb means dog, but he was the Lord's dog. Amen? <laughs> His Rottweiler. You know what I mean? And so it's like Caleb was somebody who was, he had the Spirit of God living in him. And he was not afraid of challenges, obstacles, and giants that were before him. Even when the people around him were questioning him, were doubting him, were having all sorts of unbelief, Caleb made a decision in his heart that he was going to honor God and do it publicly in the, for, the, for the very sake of the brethren and the young people. The story goes on a little bit more. Caleb begins conquering this land that is full of the giants, mountaintops that were full of giants. And this was a very interesting experience in the life of Caleb. And Caleb wanting to show an example for his tribe, for his people, does something very unique. Look what he says right here. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak, which were giants, from there, Shisha, Amma, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly the name of, the name of Debir was Kirjoth Sirfa. Now watch this. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kirjoth Sirfa and takes it to him, I will give Akshah my daughter as wife. Can you imagine this role model with his beautiful daughter? Says this Whoever takes this mountain will have her as their wife. And I love what it says next. So Anel, the son of... No, that's not what it says. Othanel, right? The son of Canaz. By the way, Othanel means... Othanel means Lion of God. Isn't that beautiful? Lion of God. Watch what the Lion of God says. The son of Canaz, the brother of Caleb, took it and he gave him Aksha, his daughter, as what? Wife. Can you imagine that? Just think about this. Here Caleb stands up and he says, all right, to all my brethren, he says, you see this mountain that's full of giants here? He says, whoever takes this mountain, this fierce mountain that everybody else, all of Israel is trembling at, whoever takes this mountain, they will receive my daughter as a wife. And it was interesting. Othanel's like, oh, take it. He raises his hand, right? And he's ready to go out to war. But I want you to pay attention to something. And this is an extremely important principle I want you to get. And that is this. There were other reasons why Caleb wanted this mountain to be taken. But it also tells you about the kind of person he would want marrying his daughter. What kind of person would that be? Raise your hand if you think you know the answer. Raise your hand. What kind of person would Caleb want to marry his daughter? Yes. Someone who's willing to take on a challenge that only God can help them fulfill. Okay, very good. Very good. I appreciate that. Someone who's willing to take a challenge that only God is able to fulfill. Anybody else? What kind of person did Caleb want marrying his daughter? Yes. Someone like himself. Someone like himself. And what kind of person was he? Crazy. Crazy, huh? <laughs> That's what they call people who follow God. How about you? Someone who was determined and was willing to, to work for what he wants. Anybody else? What kind of person did Caleb want marrying his daughter? How about you? Oh, hold on one second. You, I heard two right there. How about you in the back? Prince Charming. Okay. How did you get Prince Charming out of this? Huh? Slaying the dragon, right? Okay. No, no, I appreciate that. 
right? He was somebody who, okay, how about you? Someone who was brave and had courage. Now just think about this. They would actually have to climb uphill to defeat the giants. What has the greatest advantage in war? Uphill, higher ground, right? In other words, all the odds were against him. And Caleb was like, look, we got to set an example here. And he's like, whoever takes this, this mountain full of these giants in a place that has the least amount of advantages, they're going to be the only kind of person that could marry my daughter. And I'll tell you this, if she was not attractive, and I'm sure or she was not in some way appealing to the rest of the men of Israel, they might not have taken up this challenge. But they also understood something. That Caleb was a very special person in all of Israel. And those who were associated with him were people just like Caleb. Honored by God. A heavenly royalty that was upon them. Right? And this is extremely important to understand as we're kind of moving into this direction of relationships. We're going to be learning about something that's connected to this story. Something that's going to require bravery, courage, fortitude. It's going to require all sorts of things that God wants to instill in men and women. Can you say amen to that? Yesterday we were learning about what? Praying, right? The day before we were learning about what? Choosing, right? And today we're going to be dealing with starting right. Now we learned a little bit about the non-negotiables, right? The non-negotiables are right here, right? This is the kind of, and we said yesterday, I'll stick with the analogy then. This is the kind of creature that we're looking for, right? Someone who's Christ-centered, someone who has character, someone who has compatibility, someone who has communication, someone who has commitment, and someone who has what? Chemistry. That's exactly right. And as we're looking for this kind of creature and trying to find out what kind of habitat would this creature dwell in, we came up with several ideas. We talked about church. We talked about prayer meeting. We talked about small group Bible studies. We talked about conferences. This is where you might expect to find this kind of person. Here's the thing. As you are beginning your time of friendship and the time where you are beginning to engage that person in a very healthy, social manner, we need to start analyzing whether this is going to be a red light situation, it's going to be a yellow light situation, or it's going to be a green light situation. One of my good friends, Nicole Parker, she's writing her book right now on courtship, so she gave me this information that I'm about to share with you. And she says right here, as you are beginning this time of observation and getting to know this person, she says these things should be red light. In other words, stop. Here they are. When you begin to notice that there is spiritual shallowness, immaturity, idolatry, differences in theology. I'm not talking about minute differences. I'm talking about differences that are going to cause problems later on. It really is a big deal. People think that they can just resolve the issue and love will somehow conquer this. And no longer dealing with the real world perspective, what happens is when they get a family, everything seems to be okay in the beginning. But as children begin to grow up, all of a sudden those theological differences that seem minute become amplified. And let me just tell you something. When the church marries the world, the most dangerous kind of offspring happens. When the early church started marrying the world, it produced an institution that made the Holocaust look like a walk in the park. 
the people before the flood were the product of the sons of God going into the daughters of the earth. And violence filled their heart. It does more damage than we really understand. That's why God says, I wish you were either hot or cold. And so in this kind of particular situation, we need to understand something right here. When there are red light situations, we need to put the brakes on. Okay? And we need to recognize, wait a minute, are there problems here right now? Is this something that's causing me to say, wait just a second, I'm not sure if I want to go further with this. How about a yellow light situation? Something you just need to slow on, slow down, right? A lot of people think yellow light, speed up, right? No, yellow light means slow down, right? (laughs) Got to get that before the red light, you know? But yellow light means slow down right there. How about there's a distance there? Long-distance relationships can be a big issue, and the reason why is because there's not a face-to-face communication that can take place, and oftentimes you're left up to text messages, phone calls, where things can be quickly misinterpreted. I'm not saying it's not going to work. All I'm simply saying is this may be something you have to slow down on. Lack of communication, poor family connection, poor family background, poor work background habits, past of abuse, addiction, emotional instability, lack of discipline, history of extremism, little chemistry. How about a green light situation? Solid in spiritual life, mature and stable in responses to a wide variety of emotion and other stressors, demonstrating unselfishness and Christ-likeness in a wide variety of areas, humble and able to apologize and to admit growth areas. Is that very important, ladies and gentlemen? Absolutely. Conflict resolution is extremely important. And you can really observe this in people in seeing how they interact in groups and around other situations when there is a large amount of stress. Faithful in the little things. That's extremely important. Here's some of the green lights right here. Disciplined and able to persevere under difficult circumstances. Goal-oriented rather than impulse-driven. Committed to a solid theological perspective, one that they have thought through and can defend, and that connects them deeply in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Committed to the Lord for a significant period of time, preferably at least three to five years, and similar in their desire to share the gospel. You want to find somebody that is a natural kind of witness, not someone that has to be sort of manipulated into witness, or the only time they want to do witnessing is when they're in large groups, but somebody who naturally is a witness with or without you there. Can you say amen to that? Somebody who's mature chronologically as well as in other areas, preferably at least in their 20s able to hold down a job and live responsibly. Okay, here's another green light for you right here. Able to aim for win-win solutions instead of always trying to get their own way. I one time met a man at the school I was going to. He was somebody that was visiting the restaurant there. We sat down, we're eating, and he says this to me. He said, I never forgot what he said. He said, yeah, my wife divorced me. She had a lot of problems. And I said to him, I said, okay. <laughs> I said, okay, well, what were some of the problems? And I never forgot what he told me. You know what he told me? He said this. Well, we'd oftentimes get into these arguments, and I would always defeat her in these arguments. She would lose and then get upset at me. She had a lot of issues. (laughs) You have the issue, right? You see my point right here? This is extremely important. we got to find people that know what mountaintop they want to die on, right? They want, to be people who, they want to be people who know how to pick their battles and not wanting to always be right. Sometimes the right thing is just to let people be right 
in conversation and discussion, right? I'm somebody who watches a lot of debates. I'm someone who watches a lot of, um, you know, lectures and talks and things like that. And oftentimes it seems like, man, I got to be careful because when I'm talking to people, they may have theological differences, but something that God has taught me over and over again is to be tolerable of people, right? I don't want to be judgmental, but I also don't want to be judgmental of judgmental people as well. Amen? Because that's extremely important. We can go on one side. Let's make sure we get the other side down as well, right? Let's continue with this. A respectful win in conflict. Able to move on without sulking, manipulating, resenting, becoming passive-aggressive, withdrawing, etc. Here's an, um, you can say, sort of uh, a representation of that. Whenever there's something that goes on, all of a sudden, I have seen this multiple times, they'll get into an argument, and then they'll just ignore each other, and one of them will just like... They'll leave, right? And as they're walking out, they're like, you know, picking up the video game, throwing it against the wall, right? I mean, that's the kind of person that you think in yourself, wait just a second, I need to be very careful of that kind of reaction. Willing to work, willing to prayerfully work through conflicts. Similar and overall perspective on crucial areas of life, especially spiritual, theological, and lifestyle issues. You may not think it's a big deal, but I'm letting you know, as you two become settled, all of a sudden that default person will come out and it will be difficult to change. Able to maintain a significant number of consistent, loving relationships with friends and family matters. Do you think these are fairly good ideas, yes or no? Someone said no? Who said no? <laughs> Look, this is a discussion here. If you disagree with something up here, now's the time to tell me. You know, somebody keeps telling me this. Okay, I see your hand over there. Here's the thing. I am here not to just simply slam this information to you. I think one of the reasons why we enjoy this is because we're moving somewhat collectively, corporately, in the same direction through reason, through discussion, and through talk. Oftentimes I'll ask you, what do you think? You tell me if something down there, something needs to come off. Okay, I saw a hand over there. Who had their hand up? Okay, what do you think needs to come off? I do. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I have all the phone. Here's the thing. You are 100% right about that, and I really appreciate that. However, you need to understand something. With all these characteristics, if you see one of these characteristics being underemphasized, that is going to be a deal breaker, you really need to think about that. I mean, if there's somebody that's got anger issues, well, you can't just say, well, no one's perfect, right? <laughs> sure, he still plays video games at 28 years old and throws the controller at the TV, but nobody's perfect. And I'm not here mocking what you're saying. I really appreciate what you said here because not everyone's perfect, right? And there's going to be some give and take. You may not have, you know, they may not be somebody who absolutely knows how to resolve conflict like an FBI negotiator, right? But they may be somebody that is still learning, and you can see elements of that. You just want to be careful of extremist kinds of behaviors and actions and thoughts. So very, very good response. Anybody else? Something else that needs to come off? This is your time. Yes. Go for it. Ooh, you guys hear that? She says, oftentimes people are looking for these characteristics, but they fail to possess them. 
Ooh, very good. I appreciate that, right? Very good. So that is one of the places to start, right? When you're looking at all these characteristics, make sure that you are trying to head in a similar kind of direction. Now, this may be describing somebody who's ready for translation, right? But here's something to understand. This is an area that God wants us to improve on within or in out of a relationship. Amen. We should be the kind of people that know how to deal with conflict. We should be the kind of people that aren't letting our, our anger control us. But we ourselves are controlling our emotions. People who love Jesus and are committed to him and have an independent self uh, independent kind of walk with God that's not contingent or built upon everything else or their background. Well, the reason why I'm a Christian is because I grew up that way. You don't want to give that kind of answer, right? No one's born into the church. You want to be somebody who makes that kind of decision. Can you say amen to that? So as we're looking at that green light, and as you've been scoping out a lot of these things, I'm going to go through this pretty quickly, able to maintain a fairly consistent level of attraction in which both people feel the desire to be intimately connected. This may not be intense, but it should be somewhat consistent despite distance, conflict, and other factors that may have impact on the marriage. Ability and desire to communicate all levels, including both the ability to enjoy casual interaction and ability to share deeper issues, both spiritual and personal. Similar communication style and depth, or are able to bridge gap of communication style difference. Someone for me, you know, I'm a fast speaker. They better be a fast here, right? Similar in humor and other personality style issues. Similar in definition of their dream marriage. I mean dream marriage, it means somebody that has somewhat of a concept of what a marriage should be like. We get this is the, the goals of marriage right here. Right? When you're looking at all these things and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I have finally spotted this creature. <laughs> I have discovered them. They're fitting all the characteristics, okay? And as you are socially engaging with that person, you have one of two responses. Either A, you can begin moving closer to that, just like this individual is doing, or B, you can begin running the opposite way. Now, I spent five minutes cracking up at this picture before I actually was able to process what was going on here. But I thought to myself, you know what? Here's the thing. And I'm going to say something right now. And men, I absolutely respect you, but I want to say something, a critique that was given to me from different women regarding the men of Loma Linda. Oh, man. Are you ready for this one? Are you ready? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Are you going to run down the mountain? You're going to run up the mountain. What you want to do, men? Trying to encourage people. My ghetto accent comes out. You know what I mean? So what do you guys want to do? Are we going to have courage here? Do you want to hear this or do you do not want to hear this? Yes or no? You tell me. Look, you guys, here's the thing. The one thing I appreciate about this group is that we've been able to be open and honest with people, right? I haven't told you something that is just ethereal or just theoretical that only works in perfect situations. I am telling you, these are principles you need to pray and think about. And if there's a sort of critique that, uh, critique that is given about this particular area, we need to be mad enough to hear it. Men, are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love that. Here's what I, this is what's been communicated to me. And that is this. 
the men of Loma Linda are not fitting this picture. They are fitting that picture. Now, I'm not saying it's true, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, now here's the thing. We only got a few minutes left. We got a few minutes left. And either we land this plane or, I mean, it's, 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 it, we got a few minutes left. Are you ready for this? Okay. I'm not saying that is true. I am simply saying that it will, is what was being communicated to me. When we are seeing that kind of individual, that kind of creature, and we see that they fit all the characteristics, right? We do have to make a kind of choice, and that choice is whether or not they want to be with that person. You feel all the green lights are there. You feel definitely of an age where you feel like, okay, I feel like I'm ready to move into a relationship right now, okay? You want to be able to take the right kinds of steps. When there is an apparent uh, awareness that, you know, you and the other person are engaging in conversation, where there seems to be somewhat of a greater consistency that is taking place, Women, this is where you need to do certain things, okay? Here are the things you need to do. Prayer, amen? You need to start praying about the circumstance, okay? I know there's some women out there that are just like, really, I didn't know he was interested in me. I thought he was just texting me every day and writing love notes to me on Facebook like everybody else, right? Come on. Let's not be ridiculous. Amen? Men? You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it, it, uh, women, we need to be smart about these things, obviously. And I know women are much smarter than they let off oftentimes, right? Women, when you start becoming aware of this, and that person you feel has got the green light as well, you start to begin a time of prayer where you're asking for God's will to be done. I mean, you really need to start praying about these things because you want God to be involved in this process. You need to start seeking guidance. This is the time to start talking to your mentors and say, by the way, so-and-so's been hanging out with me lately. He's called and texted me a few times. And uh, how much is a few times? Well, for the last three months, every day in a row. You know, I mean, something like that. <laughs> and so, but things are happening and I need to get some guidance. Here's what I'm going to tell you over and over again. Please get guidance. The Bible says a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. You want God's desire, and God has made us a community in the church. Amen? And in this community, there's a kind of vulnerability, but there's a kind of responsibility and accountability that uh, those who are older and experienced are obligated to help those who are younger. I have several mentors, too. And in different issues and different problems in my life, I will contact them so I get a nice spread of information and a variety of experiences that will help me. God has put those people in my life just like he has put mentors in your life. This is extremely important. There are godly people in your life, and if you don't feel like you have some, please start praying about some. God will bring godly, uh, mature people into your life. Number two is guidance, or number three is surrender. Surrender, and the fourth thing, patience is extremely important because oftentimes, just because things are happening doesn't mean, okay, 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 what do I do? What do I do? Okay, maybe I should start, maybe I should start making myself more available. And all of a sudden, they're calling everybody and saying, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And they start flipping out. Maintain control, ladies. <laughs> I know somebody who's actually in this process, and she is going crazy. And I've oftentimes had to tell her, relax. Calm down. God is working. Amen? Just Relax. 
And so while this process is taking place, and there's more to this, ladies and gentlemen, that's why guidance is extremely important. I can't tell you everything in just 30 minutes. But when this is taking place, women, you need to understand something. I mean this, okay? As a general rule, it is not your responsibility to begin the relationship. Amen? 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 Right? This is not your job. Right? I know in the animal kingdom, sometimes the female species will begin the relationship and then kill the male afterwards, but we're not operating like that, okay? That's not what Adam was witnessing, okay? That was a fallen world here. But here's the thing. That was a pre-fall world back then. Okay, so ladies, during this time, you begin praying, keeping normal, don't start acting really crazy or weird, you're getting guidance, you're talking to your mentors, and here's something I really want to help you guys understand in this, is this, the more people you're going to talk to, the more those feelings are going to become intense. Your words will become thoughts just as much as your thoughts will become words. So during this time, definitely have a few confidants, people you are trusting, okay? Because the more people you tell, all of a sudden, the situation will begin to become even magnified more emotionally, and you're going to be tempted to act and then take the place of the male. And you don't want to do that, okay? Males, are you ready? <laughs> males, are you ready? <laughs> Who will take this mountain, right? Okay, here it is. What happened to the rest of this? Okay, there they are. Okay. It's been a good morning. Okay. Prayer. Men, while this interaction is taking place, and you guys notice, some, you know, there's, there's obviously an awareness of something happening, right? You need to begin a time of prayer, oftentimes fasting, or you can be uh, just really submitting your desires to God and praying about God's will to be done. Maybe you need to be praying, Lord, if there is something here that is not going to work, please communicate this to me and help me to be willing to accept it. Oftentimes, one of the reasons why God doesn't give direct counsel is because we wouldn't follow it if he gave it. And so we're not, when we're, only not, we're not only praying for the counsel, we also need to be praying for a willingness to accept that counsel. Can you say amen to that? Okay, number two is guidance. You need to be talking to your mentors and you need to talk to them. Don't just say, well, you know, or think to yourself, well, this girl is beautiful. She seems like she's got all the characteristics. Part of the reason why you want mentors is because they know you and they can see things much more objectively than you can. Can you say amen to that? And I said before, if you don't have godly mentors, you need to start praying for some, okay? God will bring them to you. He knows you. And he has designed the spiritual community that way. Number three, a time of surrender. That's extremely important. Males, are you listening to me? Surrender is very important. You need to be surrendering your desires. Because sometimes males, I shouldn't say sometimes, males operate like a magnet. The closer you bring two magnets, all of a sudden it sticks, right? Men will sometimes become, as they certain get, uh, get a little bit closer, autopilot takes over, right? And they start sort of acting and they're finding themselves, what's going on right now? Why do I find myself wanting to move closer and put my arm around her and go ahead of all these things, okay? So really take time with surrendering your desires and the feelings that are going on. Take time to pray with your mentors. Parents, okay, we talked about this and I got a lot of moans and groans when I talked about it, but I'm going to bring it up again. You need to talk to their parents. You need to be respectful and honorable, not only to the person you're interested in, but to their parents. 
and to God. You will find God's blessings when you follow His way. It doesn't mean the thing is going to always be foolproof and it's always going to work out perfectly well. But you know you're doing right in the sight of God. I contacted one of my friends and I said to them, I said, when do you think parents should be called in this phase? And this person, whew, they said this. They said, well, when there is friendship taking place, and even before there's an apparent awareness of things going on, if the male is interested, he should contact uh, my parents. And I said, even before there's kind of this mutual understanding, or at least somewhat of an awareness, hey, things are happening. You text me more than twice today. You know what I mean? <laughs> she said, absolutely. And I said, why is that? And you know what her response to me was? This was her response. It was very beautiful. She says, because if he's convicted and he believes this is going to be her, he needs to be willing to step out in faith. And I thought, whoa, that's intense. But I respect that, right? Men, if you think to yourself, man, this is, this is somebody I'm really praying about, and I just feel like, man, I've got to go forward. I want to honor God with this. I don't even know the final end conclusion, but I want to honor God. Then you need to pick up that phone, and you need to call their parents. And don't come across when you're calling the parents and think to yourself, all right, this is the way the conversation goes. Okay, hey, bro, I'm interested in your daughter. What do you think about that? No, you don't want to talk like that, right? You may need to script it out a little bit, right? And you may need to think through the thoughts. You want to be very respectful and you want to simply, uh, you know, state things in a way that doesn't come across as, I'm here to kidnap your daughter and take her back to the country I'm from. You're not here to talk to her about that kind of stuff. You know, you don't want to bring up that. The way you want to communicate is a way that's going to win the respect of the parents. Can you say amen to that? I know for sometimes for people who have never done this before, this can really be seen as a strange thing. It may seem, now pay attention to what I'm about to say foreign and it should feel foreign to you because these are heavenly principles in a world that is adverse to them so we should be willing to say you know what i'm going to be willing to call the parents out and then when you come across you want to speak to the father first and what you want to speak is in a way that sort of gathers his respect that brings his respect out and you want to come across as somebody who is humbly seeking the blessing of the parent and don't come across sharing like, you know, all sorts of things and, you know, every weakness that you possess, okay? You want to come across in a very respectful way and you can say something like this, okay? I'm just improving right now. This is why this guy is scripting it out right there, okay? You may come across some, as something like this. <clears throat> Hello? No, you don't want to say that, right? <laughs> okay. All right, look, here's the thing. Before I go any further... We are past our time. I want to do five more minutes and we're done? Are you guys want? Oh, we can finish right now. Five minutes. Okay, here it is. If you need to leave, you need to leave. Okay? Here's the thing. The way you want to come across in the conversation is somewhat respectful. State your name, right? And just say, hi, you know, my name is Justin Coe. And uh, I'm, can I, can I speak to Mrs. So-and-so, Okay. You want to be very respectful. You don't want to say, hey, mom, I want to talk to you about, so who's this? You, know, you, want, to, you want to say, hey, Mrs., uh, Mrs. Smith, is Mr. Smith available? I'd like to talk to him. Okay. Mr. Smith goes, hello. And you want to say, hello. <laughs> you want to say, hi, my name is Justin Coe. I'm a friend of your daughter. And do you mind if we just have a few minutes to talk? And during that time of conversation, you want to be willing just to say, look, I am somebody that wants to respect you and I want to respect your daughter. 
I'm just here seeking a, a kind of permission. I just want to know if there's anything, you know, any instruction or anything you have for me because, you know, if you, I don't want to disrespect you in any way and this is the reason why I'm calling you. And so just a, a cordial conversation and, and just take that, okay? I mean, in the parent's response may be, thank you, son, I really respect that. And you will have gained allies in this great controversy, right? <laughs> Another thing is this. Another thing is this, you want to be transparent. Men, you want to be very open about these things. As soon as the call is done, you need to call her up and just say, hey, look, I want to be very honest and open with you. I am interested in you, and I've got to know you for, you know, uh, this much time. I also, I felt the need, I felt because I'm a Christian and God calls me to, I've also let your parents know that I, I'm wanting to get to know you more. Be honest. Women will respect your honesty. Can you say amen to that? And so these are just some principles you need to really think and pray about, okay? And if you have more questions, you can come talk to me afterwards. Ladies and gentlemen, God is calling us to be Christian men and women. Amen? He has called us to be faithful to Him. And as we allow the principles of God's kingdom to come into our relationship, we will reflect more and more of God's heavenly glory to a world that is broken and fractured by sin. Amen? How many people want to honor God today by the way they live their life? Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I just feel like today was really condensed in a short amount of time, but Lord... We do pray that we would take these principles and put them in our lives and adapt them to our experience. Father, I pray for those who don't have godly counselors and mentors. Would you please bless them? Bring good people into their lives. Lord, we want our relationships to be a reflection of the glory of God to this world. May every person leave with the hope and trusting knowledge that you care for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.